0: let's pray Lord Jesus we thank you for your word we thank you that you are the word Lord thank you that in the middle of suffering in the middle of trials and tribulations that you give us meaning and you show us how to live well how to suffer well so Lord Jesus I invite you right now in every every heart that this word would pierce through the, uh, through our hearts, Lord, and that it, your word that is sown will not return empty. I pray, Lord Jesus, for, for me, for the words that you've given me, I pray that every word I speak would be, would be as if you were speaking, Lord. Take away everything that is extra. Take away everything that is just me. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, so we have ears to hear. And eyes to see in Jesus name Amen Amen so Peter in this passage he's talking to Christians who are suffering about suffering and in the middle he talks about what to do in the middle of suffering he's this is an action passage yeah he's saying how do we suffer well and the model for us is Jesus himself yeah the model is jesus jesus who willingly even joyfully endured the suffering that he had to go through okay but he never entertained sin he never excused sin now the reason that he is putting this out there the very first line is because in our daily lives we tend to look at our sin as a solution as a way out of our suffering you know when When we are rejected, we tend to lie and people please our way into getting accepted, yeah? When we are feeling lonely, we tend to comfort eat or comfort ourselves somehow. When we are stressed, we can tend to gravitate towards, I don't know, you know, drinking or pornography or endless entertainment, you know, Netflix show after show after show because we are stressed and we want to de-stress. So, we use um, sin in order to comfort our suffering. But Jesus never lived that way, even though he went through suffering, he he scorned sin He never entertained sin, the Lamb of God without a blemish. So Peter says, arm yourselves, arm in this passage in in some other translations also says, fortify yourself, build a strong wall around yourself when it comes to this. And he says with the same thought out attitude as Christ who embraced suffering but scorned sin. Because those who suffer in the flesh have completely different view of sin. When I first came to Christ, I had a lot of rejection from my family, from my friends and all of that. But before I became a Christian, I had a wild life. Okay? I, I was in Simbi, which is known as a party school, and we would go partying almost every night, and you know, I had free access because of the people that I knew, free access into clubs and we would dance and drink and all of that stuff. But after I became a Christian, I fell in love with Jesus, so whenever I'd go back home, I would have to um, you know be in the bathroom in order to read the Bible and then you know hide and and do all of this. So when I came back to Pune after visiting home, I would be so overjoyed when I get a moment to myself, I'd say, Wow, I can openly sing out loud, I can openly worship Jesus, I can read his word, you know." in front of other people, there is no problem with that, and I was amazed at the freedom that I had in Christ, that I did not even realize that a lot of my friends had stopped talking to me. I didn't realize that I I stopped getting invitations to parties. It did not even occur to me until many years later, a friend of mine said, you really freaked me out. I didn't know what to do with you, so I kind of uh, stopped inviting you for parties. I kind of stopped being your friend. But you see, when we go through suffering, rejection and persecution and things like that, I'm not saying what I've experienced is by any means what these guys are experiencing, but I've tasted that. I've tasted that. When I was rejected, I was looking for a way to be with my Jesus. That's all I wanted. And I felt so much freedom. I I did not miss the things that, that, you know, my former way of life. When we equip our mind with this kind of thinking as Christ, we will live a different life. And Peter says, you you will no longer live for your human passions. The word here is epithymia, okay, in the Greek. Epi means over and thymia means desire. Now, this is not necessarily an evil desire, but it is an over desire. It's that you, it's not what you want, but how badly you want it. You can want something so badly, uh, something as good as a family. You're a single person, and you want a f- family, and you want it so badly that you'd rather just marry an unbeliever. You know, somehow I want to fill this this desire, this over desire, in our heart. You can have a desire for success, by the way, that's not bad, you know, you can desire for success, but an over-desire for success can lead to selfish ambition, wow. right? So, um, li- instead of that, what Peter says, is instead of living for your over-desires, live for the will of God. And the will of God does not change from age to age, yeah? If you want, God, if you want to know, God, what is, what is your will for me in my life? 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 8 says this. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his body in holiness and honor, for God has, called us for, um, has not called us for impurity but, for, but in holiness. Therefore whoever disregards this, disregards not man but God who gives us the Holy Spirit. This was said by Paul and it's almost as if the same person inspired Paul and Peter to say, you know, what is the will of God for your life? Your sanctification. God has called us into holiness. The will of God for our lives is to say no to sin and yes to Him. Amen. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Are we on the same page here? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So. How do we do this? We do this by obeying God. What is the greatest commandment that we've been given? Love God, love one another. Simple as that. Love God, love one another. And in this passage, Peter is doing the same thing. Love God, love one another. So how do we love God? It says in this passage, For the time that has passed suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. Have you ever had a situation growing up in your home when your mum has to come into your room to call you for dinner? It's always a scary thing when that happens yeah because she's already called you from the kitchen she's already called you from the dining table and finally she says I need to take things into my own hands and when your mother storms into your room all hell breaks loose doesn't it (laughs) when when your mom comes what are you doing put that TV off or stop doing that stop doing this I've been calling you how many times and you almost sense that you know Peter echoing uh, something like that he says you know for the time that has passed suffice In doing all this, that's enough of that. Enough of that. You've had enough time with all of this. Now is time for you to come to the table. What I want to say is do not procrastinate righteousness, right living. Yeah? Do not procrastinate it, because we can be, you know, maybe you're in college and you're away from your family or something like that and you're saying, okay, when I go back home, I have to start living the straight and narrow again. So while I'm here, while I'm free, let me just live the way that I want. Yes, God, I will, I will obey you, but let me just live my youth. I'll, come to, I'll get to living, you know, right a little later. But what happens is, a lot of us, when we sin, instead of inviting the fear of God what we tend to invite is shame and shame is a chain that will keep you bound to that sin you say okay I'll just go out with my friends partying all night you know and and before you know it you're you know drinking almost every night you're you know just staying up late you just have um, habits that you cannot shake off and then later when you want to live right you have a process to go through so to break these chains don't get into that that's enough of that of course of course there is grace available because he is the chain breaker okay he can free you at whatever point of life at whatever point you are in but instead how about we invite the fear of god because we just we cannot bear to be away from god so god i'll get my life right with you so that I can be close to you so Peter says that was your past and he's talking about their present he says with respect to this they are surprised your friends you know the people who do not know Jesus who are living their lives the way they are they're surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you let me tell you something when you are maligned by people for your right living it's because they have not won the victory that you have. Think about David and Goliath,. Yeah? When David defeated Goliath, he won a victory that nobody else thought was possible. But after that victory, what he invited was what his brothers being angry with him, his, his king, the guy who he looked up to, Saul as his role model, chasing after him to kill him. That's good. Come on. So they, they were. The people who around you who are not going to support your right living, just understand it's only because they have not won the victory in the secret place that you have. So hold on to your victory. Don't let it go because somebody is accusing you or maligning you or calling you names. Yeah? So, he, sa- he says, why? Because they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. They will give an account. And what is the purpose of our right living? What is the purpose of cleaning up our life and living right with God? It says in verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. The end is at hand, my friends. What that means is everything that is temporal, everything that you see and touch and enjoy and feel right now here on earth, it's all temporal. It's castles in the air okay so it is not it does not have eternal worth so what Peter is saying is have an eternity perspective hold on to that which you can take with you to heaven and he says be self-controlled and sober minded that is alert in your heart and your mind so that you can give yourself to prayer why does prayer require us to be alert because what we pray is often dependent on what we focus on when we are focused on ourselves and how to please ourselves, how to be successful in life and what does, what's God's best for me, we, we pray a lot of blessings, blessing prayers. God bless me. Which is not wrong. Which is not wrong. When you, but when you think about the suffering that... You know, in India, the, the pastors and the churches that are being burned, the pastors who are being chased after, these guys uh, that Peter is writing to were, were lit like torches. They're, the amount of persecution that they saw was, was not anything like what we see today. We want to be alert to what is happening in the world and also in the spiritual realities. Because, you know, like Nawaz was saying, this is, we are pushing back darkness, so there's going to be some sort of opposition. How do you prepare yourself for opposition like that? We pray. Okay, that is why we need to be alert. When we, when we are focused on the things of God, we'll start praying prayers of breakthrough instead of blessing. Yeah. Okay, we'll start praying that His kingdom will come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not just for our daily bread. We we want to see prayers like that, and so it is important for us to be alert, sober-minded, alert in our hearts and our minds, so that we can be given to prayer. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and that is how we love God. That is how we love God. The second is loving one another, Come on. and this is um, so important because he, here Peter says, above all. He's already saying, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Give yourself to prayer, all of this. And then he says, above all. That means above everything else I've said right now, above everything that you can get. Like he's saying, if you can get one thing out of this message, this is what it is. Above all, love earnestly. Love earnestly. Love earnestly, for love covers a multitude of sins. The term here, earnestly, is called ektenes." Ektenes means ek which is out and teno means stretch or strain. The English words tension and tense come from this Greek word, ektenes yeah? means outstretched. So he's saying love outstretched, straining yourself. Um, how many of you have seen those Bollywood movies where the hero and the heroine run towards each other with love? It's like, That is not ekthenes, my friends. What ekthenes is, it's an athletic word. Have you ever seen an athlete running towards the finish line? Or have you seen a basketball player trying to dunk the basketball? It is a stretched out kind of love. And the reason that we need to love stretched out is because we are trying to emulate Jesus, whose love was such a high standard of love. And so when we love, Peter is saying, love outstretched. Love as if you, your entire being is trying to be propelled into the air, so that I, I cannot jump like Andrew. But uh, imagine that you, you know, you're, you're loving in a way that your entire being is propelled and you're trying to dunk a basketball into a basket. That is how we are to love one another. That is how we are to love one another and because we are straining to reach the kind of love that God has so lavished upon us. I want to read a story. In the book, To End All Wars, which was written by the World War II veteran, Ernest Gordon, he tells a true story about his time in a prison camp uh, in Japan along the river Kwai. And he says that the torture that they endured over there was, was so bad that it turned the prisoners into something like desperate animals. Everybody was just looking out for themselves. Yeah? And one day, what happened was there was a shovel that was missing. And you know how these shovels, they can be hidden and then they can use it to kind of um, uh, dig their way out of the prison camp and things like that. So when the guards uh, found that there was a shovel missing, They demanded the man responsible to step forward. In the beginning, nobody stepped forward. So these guards had raised their machine guns towards the prisoners and said, unless somebody steps forward, unless the person responsible for this steps forward, all of you are going to die. So one guy finally steps forward and he is beaten to death. A few days later, they find that there was a miscounting of the shovels and there was no shovel that was missing love earnestly the one sacrifice that this guy has made has covered the lives has it covered it 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 provided safety it covered the lives of all of these other prisoners in the camp it saved the lives of all one man's sacrifice paid for the lives of everybody else in the camp does that remind you of somebody yes yes wow jesus lived outstretched. Outstretched. He loved us outstretched. You know, he, the Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God, descended from His glorious throne in heaven, and He dwelt amongst mere mortals like you and I. He lived a sinless life, pleasing the Father every step, and He gave His life as a ransom for you and me. He, when He hung on that cross, He loved outstretched. Outstretched. And that is the kind of love that we are called to love. Wow. Love earnestly one another because it covers a multitude of sins. When we love one another, it, it covers the, the sin that they might be in because it invites them to know a God who, who has died for their sin. When we love without boundaries, it invites people into the love of God and peter over here suggests three ways that we can love Ectenis. love earnestly the first thing he says is hospitality how did we go from love each other earnestly and from the love that god has shown to say treat strangers kindly welcome them into your homes that seems like so practical and so insignificant what Hospitality is what this comes down to have you guys ever this is egg like tennis, okay? Have you guys ever had a guest stay over longer than you wanted them to? <laughs> <laughs> it's great when you have a specific slot okay I'm going to take this person out today, and then you say this person is already a friend of mine It'll be great. We'll hang out, and then I go back home That's one thing, but when you have somebody come home, and then you're chatting, and then you've invited them for lunch, but now you're having tea, and then you're having dinner, and they've still not left the house. Can we love a tennis? Can we love earnestly in that situation? And, and, and see this, this, this phrase, to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, it comes before Peter says, you know, whoever has the grace, okay whoever has the grace to speak you speak as if you're speaking the oracles of God whoever has the grace to do for hospitality he's not saying any no distinction okay everybody all of us hospitality hospitality we are called to hospitality yeah can we invite strange people into our homes and show them the love of God yeah <laughs> yes okay so that is one and hospitality the the part of this is without grumbling not grumbling out loud, not grumbling in our hearts, without grumbling. Second is speaking. If, if you, are, you have the grace of speaking, then you speak as if one who speaks oracles of God, or the very words of God. This, how can you love Atenas in this? Because it takes a lot of... Um, lot of work you can talk to Colin about it before I ever preached uh, my first sermon here I had done a whole study of um, Michael Eaton's uh, doctrine of uh, um, doctrine of God the the whole thing the whole council of God so it's it's an intense you know, theological study that, that, you know, we had done and Colin kind of led us in that. Colin and Navaz went through nine months of this training so that they know the word of God. So just speaking, we can all express our opinions the way that we want to, but speaking as if we were speaking the words of God, that's a fearsome thing. have got to be careful, yeah? So um, speaking, if, if that's your grace gift, then, then speak as if you're speaking the very words of God. And third is serving the one as one who serves by the strength that god supplies i just want to say prophetically every single able bodied person here has the grace the the grace gift of serving on the setup or the clear up team you have the grace gift of God to serve on the setup or the clear-up team, yeah? Because in everything, when we serve, we are serving with the strength that God supplies. So if you want to see the strength of God active in your life, we've got to move, yeah? As we move, as we serve, as we lay down our lives, that is when the grace of God, the strength of God comes and strengthens us, yeah? So, um the strength of God is an inexhaustible resource yes we get tired we are all you know like we are coming at the back of transform and just a whole week of work and everything and a lot of us are tired but the when we step into serving somehow there is a strength that comes from above that you cannot explain you know for Colin and Nawaz I've, I've, I know this because I've seen their life over the last few years a little over a decade now but the way that they work is like, from morning till night. And they've had seasons where, you know, the businesses that are going on still still have, there's church, there are people to be cared for. Nawaz would come, do the setup, clear up, uh, lead worship, take Sunday school, take care of Jessica in the middle, and all of this. And you would say, why are you doing so much? Can you just chill? But when you see the life that they have lived and the fruit that we get to enjoy today, that makes sense, that God must have supplied them with strength when they were, you know, Just completely stretched out, and that is the kind of serving that God is calling each one of us to. Just because this is not, uh, you know, you did not start this church, it it does not mean that we have been called into any lower uh, category of serving. We cannot settle for serving lesser, we can only settle for serving more. Okay, so uh, if so, serving as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, and this is what is important in what are we why are we doing all this why love God why love one another in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever amen in all the things that we do in all the things that we put away in all the things that we take on it's because we want to see Jesus glorified because there is a, the end of all things is at hand so when he comes back, we want to be in a position where he is pleased with the work that we have done. And it's not, to, to, uh, it's not performance, it's because we are lovers of God. Yeah. We love God, we love one another, and we want to see Jesus glorified across the world, across all creation, amen? Come, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for your strength right now. I pray that your sweet conviction would come and challenge us lord i pray that you would um, rest on each one of us i pray that the holy spirit would start doing work in our hearts in our lives so that we would live like the scriptures ask us to we would live in light of what you have said lord jesus we, we want to live ectanas we want to love stretched out i pray that you would stretch us lord in our loving, in our serving, in our speaking, in in everything, in our hospitality, stretch us, Lord, that in some way we might resemble the love of God that that was showered upon us. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your strength. We need your grace. Empower us, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.